It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Thursday, the 3rd of Feb. And, well, we've got a great show for you. Thank you, Karen, for the news. Good morning to everyone up there in Auckland in the big smoke. And I'm going to cross over to my good mate, Baz McCallum, very, very shortly. But coming up on the show, the news has been confirmed that all Super Rugby teams will move to Queenstown for the first four weeks of the competition. Not ideal, as it expected to sting New Zealand rugby around $1 million. One million big ones. New Zealand Rugby Players Association boss Rob Nickel joins us, and we had a few snippets of his conversation we had with him last year. He predicted this was going to happen, so uh, look, forward to, look forward to chatting to Rob Nickel uh, about 7 o'clock this morning. Um, and also, the lads went on Seamus. I stayed true and went on the perfect pink yesterday at Tarapa in the Waikato Guineas. But neither of us got the treats in the end as McMichael McNab McNabber rode the perfect race on Field of Gold. Trainer Tony Pike joins the show. He's also got Tutakaka in the derby coming up as well. So looking forward to chatting to Tony Pike about that. Wow, perfect ride he had on uh, Field of Gold on Michael McNabb. Great race from the perfect pink though. From way back, barrier 10 out wide, rode the perfect race and nearly got the treats in the end. So Opie, he, uh, he's look, looking good for the derby. I'll stay fine and true, right and true for the derby coming up. Anyway, coming on, carrying on the show, it's Thursday and we spoke to Will Jordan the other day on Tuesday about the black cash. So we thought we would get in super coach Razor Scott Robinson to have a wee chat about the black clash, but also chat about the, the latest changes within the Super Rugby and how he's getting on with, uh, with the, with the pre-season and looking forward. They've got their first pre-season game this weekend against the Hollanders, so look at, looking forward to having a chat to him about that. Also, the, the All Blacks have all just got back into the squad and into the season, back into training, so he'll be happy to have his full squad uh, with, with his sides. So looking forward to chatting to Scotty Robinson. And then to finish the show, we're going to talk some New Zealand basketball as we cross over to Australia and catch up with senior breakers forward 
Tom Abercrombie as they got a win last night. They got a very, very good win over the Hawks. So looking forward to chatting to Tom Abercrombie. It's been a tough old season for the Breakers, but we got a wee win last night. So looking forward to chatting to him. Like always, give us a text, double eight, double three. Or call us on the Kennards High phone line anytime throughout the morning. We really love to hear from you. So 0800 150 811 any, anytime. Keep the texts coming through. That's enough from me. I'm going to cross over to my good mate, Baz Skipper McCullum. He's been up nice, bright and early and he's looking dapper today. So good morning, my brother. Morning, brother. Speaking of looking dapper, you got yourself a new lid as well. You're looking very sharp, very youthful. <laughs> There is Ian. Congratulations on the perfect pink. I said yesterday you're an incredibly loyal man. You stay loyal to a tissue all those times. Now you're loyal to the perfect pink. And you're spot on. What a what a run from back in the field and just screamed Derby contender, didn't it? So yeah, you actually a, put a nice me, run. You actually put me on the spot yesterday too. You're like a tissue or or the PPP. The perfect pink. And I was like, oh, come on, mate. You can't do that. The perfect pink. <laughs> yeah, because well, a tissue, a tissue. What? All full of stock. <laughs> Never got me paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the perfect pink looked good. Sharp. I thought Seamus was yeah. not a bad run as well. Stepping up from 1,400 yep. to to the mile and a quarter. Um, obviously, the winner field of goal was very, very good. And you're right mm. about the tactics of Nabba went to the front. Dictated terms, back the pace off, and then just boom, kick clear. So, which makes actually the perfect pinks run even better. Um, running, being able mm. to run against the tempo. So, excellent, Beldara. Shout out to Louis as well, is because Louis yeah. copped a little bit of heat on the old double eight, yeah. double three text machine yesterday about his tipping, but he was firm, firm on Beldara. Mm. Got a little bit windy after you said you're going to smack it on the nose, and he went, no, nah, no, nah, place, place. But then he. <laughs> He was able to hold firm, and what a run it was from Beldara as well. Lee Thinnis just posited it up in the perfect little spot, and just went boom, $7.50. So that texter yesterday, hey, you're big enough to text yeah. a little bit of grief to Louis. You're big enough to text a little bit of thanks to Louis yeah, as well. So we expect that to come through a little bit later on. But did you get on that one too, Is? Ah, bears, 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 bears. So I told you yesterday that, <laughs> <laughs> that before the show you said, I was like, Louie, I need something to connect with the perfect pink. And he was like, Baldara, race one. And I was like, sweet. Put it all in the multi, put it all in the multi. Went out after the show. I had to go do a few jobs. And I got distracted, jumped in the car, and I just missed the jump. And Baldara won. And I was fuming, mate. Absolutely <laughs> fuming, and you, and uh, the only way I knew it won was because the text, the text line started blowing up, and it's like you know all the boys were hissing and hussing and chahooing and getting all up and down, and then I was like, oh no, must have won. I went in, Baldara won, and I was like, oh, and it paid good <laughs> odds too. So no, no, I didn't, but I went after that. I did a, another multi. I did the perfect pink into Butch Castle's Bloom. Into um, Crescent, recent Rose Crescent, Rose Crescent, and the last, mm. which um, which one? So yeah, she was a tough old down the punt, but it's all right. It was a good day. So for that was racing. a place I loved multi, it. was it? Was that a place? Multi? No, no, they're all on the nose. They're all on the nose. Pink to win, Bloom to win, and then Rose Crescent to win the last, and Rose Crescent won the last, didn't it? So you ran second, third, and then won the last. 
I wonder what that multi would have paid for places. Anyway, um, also I had a bit of a I had a bit of an issue as well with my punting yesterday too, mate. So I went out to play golf at mm. Matamata and a uh, few hills. We're sort of at the you know like kind of a few valleys and hills and the old phone reception in the first world country that is New Zealand not flash, not great at all. Mm. So I couldn't get a hold of um, of my TAB website unfortunately. So I was getting ready to have two bets. One is Nova Show, because I've backed Nova Show that many times in the last little while. Lance O'Sullivan, Andrew Scott trained, and I missed that. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, no worries, no worries. I'll get on Aspen, Colorado. My neighbour, Graham mm. Richardson, reckons it's, it could be a really good horse. I'm like, okay, I'll get on that. Do you think I'd get on? No, mate. Mm. Missed it. What'd it, what it do? It won and paid $14.80. I was like, you Bro, got it. One so me, good. So oh. good. Sam Weatherly was on Stallone, and Stallone was kicking home. He was, he was away by five lengths, and then that thing just came right before the line, just stormed over the top. And so you could just see Sam Weatherly was deflated because he thought he had that. But that <laughs> was an awesome run. Great run. Uh, I, wonder where that, I wonder where Aspen, Colorado will go next because uh, that, that was a run of. Of merit, wasn't it? Louis, you might know. Do you know where I think, mate, Colorado if, will go? If you, I don't know where it'll turn up next, but it'll be going to the Oaks and it'll qualify for the yeah. Oaks. So I'll have a look at the futures. Mm. We probably, it probably would have been one of those ones where Richie's tipped it to you yesterday. So you have a little bet for it to win, and then you also have a, go find its futures for the Oaks because it'll win. Um, and it would have been paying heaps. Let me have a look now. Are uh, the perfect pink right. still in the Oaks market, but. I think I think it's fair to say that they'll be going to the Derby for the prize money. Sixteen dollars in the Oaks Aspen, Colorado, still. So, um, oh, yeah. like, there's still a decent amount of value there, considering that the Perfect Pink won't be in the race. I wouldn't think. La Creek, there's a good chance they take La Creek to the Derby as well. Um, Carmen Line, you think's going to the Derby, not the Oaks. So these are all in the market above Aspen, Colorado. So already, if you take those three out. That $16 is looking more like $10. And then if it makes the field, mm. knowing what quality it's got and it gets one more good run in, under its belt, I reckon it could be starting around oh, anywhere between $8 and $5. So Aspen, Colorado could be a good futures bet. Nice. Aspen, Colorado. That's good. Okay. Six, mm. 16 bucks. that's pretty good. The other, the other horse that, mm. well, Billy, that won well yesterday, top note, Sir Peter Vellas. That was an impressive win as well, wasn't it? Just mm. brained him. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I actually missed that race, but Louis put it on the chat, and I went out and seen it. And I was going to take it because that was what Opie was riding. It. Man, I just take everything Opie rides, eh? Just, just got to follow him. But do you know the funny thing? Links. Funny thing, bears is yesterday <laughs> I was watching the races and punting was on the TV, and Daisy's like, "Do you know? I haven't seen that channel on all summer." Soon as you go back to work, <laughs> you're back punting. You're back punting, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" She goes, so "I haven't seen you on the." <laughs> Sorry, Daisy. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, "Ah, oh, she's right, eh?" <laughs> they talk about horses all summer, Your and they come back. Your mood's been so good, Daisy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you've been so consistent oh. with your mood, not punting. <laughs> yeah. So I get home from golf yesterday. Oh. Get home from golf yesterday. Come straight in, and and because I've been starved of phone reception, starved of the ability to check out the TAB website <laughs> and watch anything running out of Tarapa, I've like stormed in. I've I've broken records. I think going from the front door to 
to the remote, <laughs> and I've just flicked it straight to channel 62, thinking, my house? I'm, I'm the king of the castle, you know? <laughs> you know? I, I can do what I want in my own home. And then about a minute later, Liz comes out, and she goes, there's another room that you can watch that in. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> good point. <laughs> so I found myself having to go into the other room. She's like, you don't come home from playing golf. I've been lasagna in the fridge, uh, in the oven, by the way. You, yeah, yeah, cooking yeah. lasagna, looking after the kids, taking care of everything, getting them ready for school t- today, because obviously first day back for them as well. She goes, you don't come home and change. Oh, I'm watching the news. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Get next door and watch. I was like, okay, fair cool. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that was a tone. That was a toned down version too. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get the same, mate. I get the same. <laughs> oh, funny though. Eh? Lasagna was nice. So thanks, Liz. <laughs> yeah. Favorite food actually, lasagna. Liz's lasagna. Yeah. Good lasagna, thank you. Yeah. I'll get hey, you to make hey. it when you come up here. Tea sauce on it or what? Uh, second day tea sauce, not first day. She'd kill me. Not second okay. day though, reheated tea sauce for sure. Yeah. Outstanding. Lasagna the second day is pretty good. Bread eh? or what? Have you had a lasagna sandwich? Oh, I've I've had one. I'm just sort of I'm I'm trying to fight, <laughs> trying to fight a little bit of the summer. You know, like I'd I'd rather have. Oh no, no, I'm just saying. Like, we don't eat that stuff anymore, yeah. but we we used to. You know, like a lasagna sandwich, a pie sandwich. You surely had a pie. When we were bulking. When we were bulking, eh? That was back in the day. Uh, Smitty gave us the inspiration to... You're going all right there, aren't you? You've been in the gym, throwing some tin around. I've got nothing on my plate now, boy. I've got nothing on my plate. (laughs) Bringing back the glory days, dagger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, we've got plenty to talk about today as well, so uh, we should maybe talk a little bit of sport at some point. Um, Mm. Kane Williamson, out. Yes, yeah, that's huge. That's big, eh? Oh. That is huge. Is it, maybe his elbow is a little worse than I certainly thought. I thought it was going to mm. come right with a bit of rest, but well, he's had a fair break anyway, and now he's, you know, he's still out. So hopefully he doesn't need surgery because that would r- rule him out of not just the New Zealand summer, but also the IPL where he captains the Sunrisers. Plus, there's obviously a winter tour to England as well. So, gee, well, no Ross Taylor. Maybe we get Ross Taylor back. Bring him back for another another spin around the block with uh, while Kane's out. No, nah, I think they'll go um, Daryl Mitchell, actually. I think he'll Mate, come in. Well, the question with the IPL, I want to ask you. Um, I know he, mm-hmm. last year we, he was retained by the Hyderabad mm-hmm. Sunrisers. He was retained and... Now he's injured. Does he? If he isn't able to, like, is there insurances to cover them if they if he's injured now and he doesn't get the opportunity to go over and play? Does he still get a certain amount of that money, or is it you're just gone? Yeah, none, no, nothing. you're pretty much just gone. I think you can get you can get external insurance. Obviously, um, yep. I looked into it one time and it was uh, it was about ten percent of your contract, and I was like, nah, <laughs> I'll be right. You know, yeah. run the risk. So just played on. <laughs> yeah. um, but my, my contracts are never quite as big as that one. That's a big old contract. I think it's about two point seven million or something. So, but if he doesn't turn up, no, he doesn't get a doesn't get a uh, no. brass razoo, so to speak. Um, mm. So hopefully he'll be he'll be right. 
for that. But yeah, it's it's a funny one, eh? That whole contract stuff, bro, over there. You sort of, cause if you turn up and you're fit to play, then you get a certain, uh, well, you're meant to get a certain amount. But in some of the mm. franchise contracts, um, if you get injured halfway through, for instance, then you're only able to get half half your money, which is a bit of a unique one because I think if you get injured while you're crazy. over there participating for your team, then, yeah. then you should really get the whole thing. But Yeah, for sure. It's big money in it. They can make whatever rules they want. He who pays, that's <laughs> right. Do they have a pla- like a, a association? Like who runs the whole contracts? Is it Indian cricket? Uh, India cricket? Are they separate from the IPL? BCCI um, and IPL, yeah, they they run it all. But no, nah, certainly no players association over there. Um, yeah, not really the sort of done thing in India, is it? Sort of trying to yeah, um, they're just there's too many too many people at the top of the tree on way too much money for for that to happen. I think. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but well, yeah. Um, hey, the Super Rugby thing. I know we're going to get to the news in a minute, but the Super Rugby thing that's down in Queenstown. You're commentating and stuff. Do you have to? What does that mean for you? Do you just do it from? Where do you commentate? Nah, from? the pool house. Um, <laughs> no, can't do it from. The, can't do it from the pool house. Um, no. So I had a chat to my boss the other day. Basically, they're going to do teams. So you're going to be in like a team because. Obviously, all the games down there, so you might as well just send down teams at a, every every weekend. So I'll be just a part of a, a commentary team, and we'll head down a, a, in a weekend, and we'll do mo- all the games pretty much. So basically, you're working probably every second weekend, maybe every third weekend. That's the kind of assumption I got from when I had a chat to my boss. Um, it's just a lot of moving parts. I, I, I've Like I said, I've got three dates, and so I'm just getting my new dates coming, and I'll find out what's happening. But I think what's going on is, is Queenstown is hosting the day games. If there's day games, they'll host day games. And then I think Invercargill is where they'll play the night games under lights because that's a two-hour little trip away. Um, so that's the kind of um, theory behind why they're going down to, to Queenstown. And, f- man, it's going to cost a lot. And I'm looking forward to chatting to Rob Nicol and see what kind of um, – see what the feelings are from, from the players because he's obviously representing all the players and, and he's a player association boss and um, they have a big say in what, what happens. Um, but, yeah, I just want to get a good old feeling of the kind of logistics behind it all. Why Queenstown? Um, you know, what are the players saying? You know, particularly the All Blacks players, they were away for two months last year. They've come back, had a summer, but then they're going away for another month. So there's a lot of questions, um, but I don't think there's any other viable option. So looking forward to having a chat to him, brother. Sorry, Baz. Just is is he just on that? Do you think that this? Mm-hmm. Will, I don't know. We're gonna shoot off. Do you think this means that a lot of those All Blacks they don't actually play the first week or first couple of weeks of Super Rugby anyway? Mm. Is this just gonna mean that we're probably gonna see more All Blacks stay at home and not actually go down for the first month? Um, no. I think they've got to go. I think they'll all go because that's the whole reason they want everyone in the bubble. Um, they can't run the risk. The risk is one person. You know, just having a little mishap or, or going out into public. So I think right now they're not allowed to go out to cafes. They're not allowed to go to restaurants. They've got to stay. They go to training and then go home. I think if they're going to bring people in and out of the bubble, that's just too much risk of infection. So they're going to probably take everyone down there and, and base them all down there. Well, let's pick up on this after the break because I've got some interesting questions for you on this as well. Having been in part of bubbles in various other tournaments before, and this to me seems mm. like a slightly loose bubble and... I've got a couple of questions for you as well. So we'll come back on that. 
Give us a text as well, double eight double three, if you want to maybe talk, uh, or give us a call on the Kennard's High phone line, 0800 Maybe you want to talk Kane Williamson, or maybe you want to talk Super Rugby. We're going to talk Super Rugby when we come back. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's 22 minutes past six. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Coming up 6.30 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. Give us a call any time on the Kennards High phone line 0800 150 or send us a message like Mike has on double eight double three. Kudos. Credit goes to Louis for yesterday. Louis mentioned Field of Gold yesterday. Good draw. Runs in the money. It was good enough for me. Baldara into Field of Gold. Heavy pockets. Tipping up a storm. Cheers, Mike. Mm. There you go, Louis. There's one from... One from the public. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. That would have paid good, too. <laughs> that would have paid big. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, before the break, we talked about a little bit about the Super Rugby and that it's all heading down south. question I have for you yep. is they're yep. operating in bubbles, right? Mm. Well, sorry, the players are expected, the players and the coaching staff are expected to operate in bubbles. So they're going to be locked down effectively yep. from the rest of the mm. public. So. It's not quite like the Queenstown trip we all enjoy. They're going to be uh, mm. on the straight and narrow, so to speak, just in case someone gets COVID. What about the hotel staff? What about the ground staff? What about the bus drivers? What about all those other people that there's going to be interactions with or um, or are going to be close to the players? Are they in mm. bubbles? Because from my experience in the IPL, the part-time bubbles don't work, mate. And why mm, do the players mm. and, the, and the administration, et cetera, and the coaches have to be constrained when the rest of them wouldn't be? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, mate. And uh, look, honest, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to police it because you're right. Hotel staff have families at home. They're going to go out. Let's be honest, they're probably going to be a little bit more social. Whether they've had a wee little a meeting with New Zealand Rugby, with all these hotels... There has to be some sort of deal that's been, um, you know, drawn up from from Queenstown Tourism, from with New Zealand Rugby. There has to be something if they're making all this effort and the effort. And while they're doing this, is they can't risk of having infection in the, in the inside the teams because if one person gets infected, the whole team's gone for isolation, self isolation for fourteen days. The whole tournament's gone. So that's the whole reason. I don't know. I think the question needs to be asked to Rob Nickel at seven o'clock. What the kind of logistics behind the scenes are like with the hotels, because you're right, they're going to be going in, they're going to be working close to these players every single day, cooking their food, um, you know, monitor the staff, whether these teams just completely take it over and room, like when they're out of the rooms, the rooms probably get serviced, I don't know. That's probably the question that we have to ask Razor or, or, or Rob Nickel. So, so the, the cricket is going on at the moment. <laughs> There's various mm-hmm. games being played everywhere else. How's that any different from the rugby? Like, I don't quite understand the need for the bubbles as such. And isn't COVID just part of society, part of life right now? If someone gets it, then they stand down for a period, just like they would if they had, for instance, uh, a stomach bug. If you if you wake yep. up with a, a little slip of the runs, then you you stand down for the day, don't you? You'll stand down for a couple of days. And is that not where we're I at? Think because doesn't the show this, this stems from the government. This stems from the government. I've talked to my mate the other night. He owns a business. He said if one person gets infected, everyone has to go in home self-isolation. Self, self I think this goes to the same for rugby teams. So this is them trying to take that out of the hands of, of the government. 
if they do get an infection, the government's rules right now, the mandate that they've got up in the system they've got, if you get infected, your whole household has to self-isolate until every single person in your close contacts tests negative. So I think it's come from higher above. That's why they've had to make these decisions. Interesting. That wouldn't be the first time mm. the government changed their mind in 24 hours or so. Anyway, anyway it's 6.30 here in the morning. <laughs> it is time for us to shoot off to Karen for the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, we are 27 minutes away from 7am this morning. A massive show coming up. Rob Nickel to talk more about the Super Rugby bubble after 7 o'clock. Tony Pike to talk Field of Gold in the derby. It's Razor Ray. Scotty Robertson coming up after 8. And Tob Abercrombie after the break has got a big win. So stick with us this morning. Right now for loveracing.nz. Thoroughbred owners share the thrill of ownership with your mates. Enter at loveracing.nz slash share the thrill for a chance to win a 10% share, which is plenty in a racehorse. T's and C's apply. Boys, it was an awesome midweek uh, race meet at Tarapi yesterday. There's nothing like a group a group race to break up the week, I find. I really do enjoy it, but eyes forward. Because this weekend, and we spoke about Aspen, Colorado, and how she might be heading to the Oaks in a real chance. Well, at New Plymouth on race seven on Saturday, the Fast Track Insurance Oaks prelude runs for the Phillies. And Baz, you'll have to get the mail here on Canadian Girl, because here's another pretty promising Staying Philly out of Richie's yard. This is a great race. Mustang Valley um, was a threat in the thousand guineas. That's going to get the trip, no worries. At the top of the book, you go down. Miss Ella, who loomed up, looked like she might have won the Karaka Mile before, I think, just feeling the track a little bit. Wide gate for Marshy. And Outfit, who I've tipped a lot. I've got Futures tickets Ooh, on. It was yeah. fair to say Outfit failed last start at uh, Ellerslie, just really did not run on on New Year's Day. I think got a bit far back, but back in the market here, $4.20, the OP Boston Factor, I can feel and sense Izzy getting G'd up for that one. And Star of Australis mm. is a little bit mm. wide here for Robbie Patterson at his home track. So this is a fantastic race. Outfit is, you like it? Yeah, I've backed Outfit before. I do like it. And if OP's on, well, it makes it even better. Um, it's it's good, mate, because there's an, a storm down here, as Karen said. The, the South Island over in the west coast is flooding. So this weekend's going to be horrible weather. So I'm happy, Louis. I'm happy there's a there's a nice wee meeting on. I, I can jump in and have a wee flutter. Is, you know? have, you, have you heard the saying? Um, and and I've, I've heard this here and there. Um, if Opie's on, so's Daggy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, honestly, oh, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. And I had to punch myself in the head yesterday when Rip Van Gogh won the won race nine when Opie was on it. And uh, top note, top note, top note. Is it? Yeah, top note one yeah. two. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was a tough, tough one. But I'm on. I follow Opie all day. There's one for you. Um, it's of course not just the North Island that gets a good meet down there, and you're. Uh, place of origin, Wingatui, so down in Dunedin. They've got the Dunedin Gold Cup. And here's a friend of the show, 
Savazar for Robert Dennis. This is going to run favourite in race number six, the Dunedin Gold Cup. I'm pretty sure the lads have had a fill-up off Savazar previously, currently yep. getting about 360. The Savabil Mare up over the 2,400 from a good gate. Kylie Williams on, lightweight. Oh, wins, doesn't it? Don't be a moron, get more on, but be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Savazar. <laughs> Wingatui. The home of Jamie Richards. The home of, <laughs> right. of New Zealand's best trainer, Jamie Richards. Very well, soon to be Hong Kong trainer, Jamie Richards. When's he Wingatui. off? Uh, midway through the year, I think, mate. So we'll have to get him on before he um, before he heads overseas. Yeah, sure. but yeah, what an opportunity as well for Jamie mm. over in Hong Kong. Firstly, to be invited is just testament to how good he well, how good a job he does as a trainer, but also how well he is considered around the world as a trainer as well. And gee, they pay big dollars up there. Couple big, of zeros or big, what? Couple of zeros yeah, or what? You think IPL's good, mate? <laughs> it's like Japan. You think Japan's good? No. <laughs> no. Horse trading Hong Kong. Make plenty of wedge. So good on him. Oh, Jamie, please for him. But, yeah, and how's Danielle? What about Danielle, bud? How's she? She be going up there too. Is she recovering yeah, all right? Yeah, I think so. I haven't haven't spoken to them for a week or so, so I think she's going okay. I saw, I think she was down in Queenstown the other day, so she can't be doing too bad with her recovery. And it'll be oh. interesting to see what happens there because if she goes up there, um, whether she's going to be riding track track work or or just sort of helping Jamie in the business, I guess, because um, he's obviously it's going to take quite a quite a bit to establish himself up there and uh, everything's sort of taken care of by the jockey club so you literally have to invoice one person each month which is probably a similar model to what he's been operating at at Tiakia but you've still got to drum up a lot of owners and stuff and I'm sure Danielle will be able to help out with that too so it'll be it's exciting times for them actually and it's going to leave a big hole in our ranks but there is obviously yeah. plenty of very good trainers and horse, horsemen around New Zealand um, but you know, when you take out one of the one of the world's top ten trainers from from your ranks, it's going to leave a bit of a hole. Of course, we get Mark Walker back, um, who will take over the the training at uh, at Tiaka as well. But yeah, but anyway, Savazar, don't be a moron, get more on Robert Dennis. We had mm-hmm. Tony Dennis on earlier in the week, again part of that great Dennis family down there in Southland, and Kylie Williams in the saddle, fifty three drawn well, three dollars sixty, pretty good money, I would have thought. It'll be going in all my all my multiples, that's for sure. Is um, yes. anything else to roll into that? Because <laughs> yeah, I want something chunky. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm multiing something or Savazar anyway. I have a look. Maybe outfit. Maybe outfit. That'll be me, mate. That's my multi. I told the wife yesterday. I only do one multi a week. Well, is it Saturday's part of the week? Nah, it's it's following. It's connected to the following week, so I'll just put it into my next week. Yeah, Saturday's be my other multi. There you go. <laughs> We've also, I reckon Miss Madison in that market that you were, you were talking about outfits race as well. Miss Madison's not a bad bet at a long odds. Long odds. It failed last time. It was good in the eulogy. So that's not a bad little bet as well. I prefer something with a, bit of, with a little bit of meat on the bone when it comes to my odds. 6.40 in the morning. We've got coming up next. Crazy dag. Take on the Ismaster <laughs> and you can win yourself a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. Give us a Come call on. now on 0800 Don't forget you phone me. a friend as well if you can't do it. You can't beat Daggy <laughs> without a phone a friend. We'll Just one. Soon.
quarter to seven in the morning, and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Give us a call 0800 150 on the Kennards High phone line. Give yourself a chance to win a $50 bonus bet because you've got a chance now with Quizzy Dag. Take on the Is Master. Quizzy Dag is brought to us by Ashley Mard. Not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies, cause the ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now. Give it a go. Oh, oh. Yes, 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 yes. Everyone's up and about. The phone lines are running hot, cause everyone wants that 50 bucks. Maybe, maybe they followed a few tips yesterday. We'll soon find out. We're going to go to Dean from Nelson. Morena, Dean. Good morning, how are you? Oh, very good, Dino. How are you, bud? Yeah, good. It's wet as down here, though, but yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of rain down the south, mate. I hope you're, you're safe and bunkered down. We'll rip into it, eh? Okay, go yeah, for mate. it. Question number one. The Black Caps look set, set to be without Kane, Kane Williamson for their two-test series this month. Who are they playing? Um... South Africa. Bang. <clears throat> well done. Question number two. Which club did number eight Pablo Matera play for before joining the Crusaders? Jaguars. Five. Four. Four. No. No, it wasn't the Jaguars. Sorry, bud. Have a good day. We're going to go to Charlie and Geraldine. Morning, Charlie. Morning, mate. Yeah, how are you, Charlie? I'm good, I'm good. I'm going to have to phone a friend about Pablo Mateos, mate. I know he's gone to Christchurch, but I don't know who he played for before then, so get clue, please. Oh, <laughs> are you going to phone a friend? No, he's not oh, like that. <laughs> like that. Uh, All right, here we go. Phone a friend. What do you got? It rhymes with Ray Mwansis. <laughs> 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 That's horrible. Does it? Good luck. Good luck. That's horrible. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Rhyme with it? Rhymes with raid. Once. I don't even know how to. Don't even know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. Raid Wansale. Rhymes with raid. Wansale. Raid Wansale. Is that the the team he played for? Good. That's, that's, the, that's the rhyme, bro. That's what a rhyme. That's a oh, tough no, one. Mate, I've, 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 I've not one. heard of a team that rhymes with that, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> My oh, bad. Sorry, Charlie, bud. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Brenton from Auckland. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. What's the team, mate? Right. What club did Pablo Maratera play for before joining the Crusaders? I was paid fun Raid. Unsay. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Did Dave, you get yeah. it with the raid? Well, how did you do it? Raid Ranse? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second part of it was hard. Your one was a bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> Start Ranse. Nice. Here we go. Yeah. Question number three. Who was named as captain? 
<laughs> no, you haven't. It's all over. Who was named as captain for Moana Pacifica's debut season? Five. Four. I don't know three, that one. Two. Oh, I don't know, mate. Sorry, Brenton, mate. Have a good day. Mark from Tauranga. Morning, Mark. G'day, boys. How are you? Yeah, our mate Mark, mate. How are you? Bloody good. Bloody good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Have you got, got the answer, bud? Who was named Captain of Moana uh, Pacifica? Sakopi Kipu. Yes, well done. Question number four. Which Kiwi Triple World Champion and Olympic medal winning track cyclist announced his retirement yesterday? Uh, was, um, and I was watching it last night on the news too, and his name escapes me. Uh, nah, you got me, boys. Um, Ethan Mitchell? <laughs> I was going to write. Oh, oh, you got oh. it. <laughs> you oh. got it. It came back. Oh. All the Is same. That, well done, Marky. I was thinking Eddie Dawkins and these other ones, but I was like, no, no, he was in that team. So, yep. Yeah. Oh, no. You nailed it, bud. Question number five to take it home. Who became the first person? From the Southern Hemisphere to win a Winter Olympics medal in 1992. Uh, it wasn't oh, Annalise Koberger, was it? It was. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> well, 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 well Woohoo! Oh, mate. Well done, well done. How was your summer, bud? You have a good summer? It was bloody good, eh? Yeah, not really good. Plenty of fishing, plenty of nice weather. It was good, so... Um, yeah, but I fired you yesterday on the tip with Perfect Pink, and I won't be doing that again, big fella. Oh, mate, a good run, though, eh? Stay good with run. it, Mark. You Stay with it. Follow Stay your money. Stay with me, honestly. Did you get on... Um, I was a moron and put more on. Uh, it didn't work. Savazar, <laughs> 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 Well, stay true to that, mate. Savazar. <laughs> we'll go with that one today, then. Savazar, yeah. Thanks, Marky. No, good work. Cheers, mate. Legend. Mark in Tauranga is a friend of the show. Thanks for all that wine too, brother. Outstanding. Anyway, that was that was Quizzy Dag brought to you by Ashley and Martin. Not happy with you here, Lost. Make today your turning point. Search Ashley and Martin online. It is 6.52 here in the morning. Plenty more coming up very soon on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Closing out the hour, close to 7am here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. If you just speaking of Sakopi Kepu, if you haven't seen, go onto the Moana, Moana Pacifica rugby socials and check out the moment he found out that he was going to be the captain of, of the Moana Pacifica side. It is pretty pretty awesome to watch. So give yourself a little bit of bit of time to check that out. For for now, we've got a new little entry, and it's Joey. We got Joey's world. There's got to be an investigation into this. Oh, hey boys. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually going to talk sport for once. Uh, so this is Joey's World. Last time we did Joey's World, I, I sang live. Um, I was told never to do that again, so um, we won't be doing that. <laughs> hey, so boys, I don't know if you're on this, but the Brian Flores situation with the Miami Dolphins and the whole NFL, he's um, he's, he's suing the NFL mm. because he um, claims that there's a widespread racial discrimination when it comes to hiring coaches and general managers. Um, so what happened was that He's actually got a smoking gun because lots of people have claimed that this is happening, but there's been no proof really. But he's got some a, a text uh, message from Bill Belichick a few years ago when he was applying for the jobs for the, the New York Giants. And uh, Bill Belichick messaged him saying, hey, congratulations, I've heard you got the job. And Brian Flores was like, uh, mate, I don't interview till tomorrow. What are you talking about? 
And um, so it turns out he messaged the wrong Brian. He actually messaged uh, meant to message this other guy, Brian Dolores or something. Oh. Um, and and <laughs> and so they already decided who got the job before Brian Flores even interviewed. Oh. And um, they were just interviewing Brian Flores because uh, there's this thing called the Rooney Rule where they have to interview um, an African-American coach or a general manager um, wow. for the role. But it's it's just a farce. They never take it seriously. And so he's kind of shone, shone, shone a light on this and, you know, proved that they don't give a shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey. Jump button. That's a great. That's a great. That's a great way to finish it because they don't. Joey, Joey, quickly. Do they have a case? Does he have a case? Oh, definitely. Does he have a quick case? Definitely. Just quickly. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, the owners have so much money and power that he probably won't win it. But hey, mm. I think it's good that he's doing it. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, that might be your last Joey's word if you're going to continue to come on here and swear. <laughs> Right, no one there to press the dump button. Right, we're coming up 7 a.m. in the morning. Heaps more coming back with Rob Nickel, head of the New Zealand Rugby Players Association. Look forward to chatting in. For us, we're tracking down in a cafe about now. Here is Karen with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Thursday, the 3rd of Feb, and it's just after 7 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. A good hour so far, good two hours coming up because there's lots and lots to talk about. The news has been confirmed that all Super Rugby teams will move to Queenstown. We're going to chat to Rob Nickel very, very shortly. But after that, the lads went on Seamus. I stayed true. And well, Mark from Tauranga followed me in on the perfect ping yesterday at Tarapa in the Waikato Guineas. But none of us got the treats in the end. Michael McNabb rode the field of gold in a perfect, perfect ride from Naba. So well done to him. We're going to chat to Tony Pike about that race and, well, what field of gold futures hold. And he also trains Tutakaka, which is in the derby and one of the favourites for the derby. So looking forward to chatting to him and Marky, Marky, Marky. Marky from Tauranga. Stay true, brother. Stay true. TPP will be back with a vengeance. 12 bucks in the derby. Look at the futures. Good money. Maybe chuck that 50 on it, man. You'll be all right. You'll be good. Anyway, we're going to talk to Tom Abercrombie just after 8 o'clock as well. So we're going to chat to him and Scott Robinson also after the changes. And we're going to chat a bit about the Black Clash. And, well, someone that was right in amongst the Black Clash and absolutely loves being at the Black Clash. He's probably the face of the Black Clash is our next guest. For some, it might be described as rugby heaven. For others, it will be the dread of another type of bubble. This time in 2022, yesterday, New Zealand Rugby confirmed the news that they are moving all six New Zealand-based Super Rugby teams to Queenstown for at least a month to ensure the competition can stay intact. Day games will be played in Queenstown with buses transporting teams to Invercargill for the night fixtures under light. Rob Nickel is CEO of New Zealand Rugby Players Association and was no doubt right in the thick of things and he has joined us. He joined us last year and he, well, he brought some heat and some great insight and some great info, so look forward to this chat. Rob Nickel, Rugby Players Association. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Israel. How are you, mate? We're good, mate. We're good. We're good. How are you? We're, we've come to another decision, mate. It's all been going. It's, I know there's been, probably been a lot of work behind the scenes, but mate... For you, was this the most realistic option, getting getting down to Queenstown? 
it is at the moment. I mean, we're kind of operating on a little bit of quicksand because we don't really know what the plan is from the government. And um, sport, just like every industry, whether you're a tradie or a tourism operator, when you've got uncertainty and you've got um, kind of a broad blanket rule covering the country, you've just got to kind of, it's almost like a week-by-week proposition and it makes it really difficult uh, when you're dealing with a lot of people and a lot of people's livelihoods and things like that. So, yeah, at the moment, this is the best call, but that could change next week, for example, if they went to phase two and sports people were critical workers or sports was regarded as critical, um, or they went to phase three. As soon as they go to phase three, then it's household contacts and seven days and we can bring all the everyone home and carry on with our lives. But the the bottom line is, like so many businesses and schools now, um, you know, if one person... Um, comes in contact with Omicron or COVID, uh, takes whole organisation down, and we just couldn't afford that to happen at this stage. Yeah. Well, what's what's the mood? What's the mood from the players and the the, the organisations, the franchise? What's the feeling around around the groups? Yeah, look, it's it's a little bit pensive to be honest. Um, it's a bit nervous mm-hmm. because it's not just the next two to three to four weeks that we're looking to manage. We're also looking at the horizon and say, what does this mean longer term? And we really need yeah. some, some movement, um, positive movement in a clear direction so we can get our heads around it and make long-term plans. So the vast majority of the players in the Super Rugby squads have been engaged in pre-season doing the hard yards. Um, and so actually the idea of going into a bubble for two or three weeks, you know, maybe stretching to four, is something that they can get their heads around. The, the guys that went on the, the big tour at the end of last year and have got back, it's a, it's a bit of a different proposition. They're only just coming back into the teams now and they're coming into a bubble situation, they've got a long year ahead. So rightly so, they're kind of going, wow, what does this mean for the rest of the year? And families and commitments um, outside of rugby and all that side of things. So, you know, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of conversations, but there's also a lot of support and information flowing. So, you know, people are getting their heads around it, but it's, but it's not easy. And ironically, if we were just dealing with this and we knew things were going to be normal after that and we could get on with it, it would be a lot easier, but we don't know that, and, and we've just got to do the best we can with the, the circumstances as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Robert Spaz here, mate. Um, just in regards to the bubbles, uh, I've been in some of these bubbles overseas before, and I find the part-time bubbles don't really work. Are, are all the hotel staff and everyone else also incorporated in the bubble, or is it just the players and, and support staff? Uh, it's the players and the support staff, and um, also operating their bubbles will be the you know the TV crews and all the all the staff and people that are needed to put on a game. Um, and then with hotel staff, there's precautions being taken as best they possibly can. But that's the point you make is really, you know, that's one of the issues we've been debating as you go to all this trouble of taking 300 odd people down and setting up six bubbles. Um, albeit that they, they're going to play some games against each other and you get one you know, case um, come in and it, and it kind of takes the whole thing down. But that was weighed up against the risk of you know every player and staff member associated with a, a super rugby team going home each night and um, you know being with family and being with friends and being out and about. And the conclusion was it's only a matter of time before one of them becomes a close contact or someone contracts Omicron or COVID. And um, the net result of that is it's going to take that team out for minimum 10 days, which is pretty devastating. So it, it was a 
no situation is ideal. It was a risk reward kind of trade off, and we've taken taken the plunge and decided that this is this is what we're going to do. Um, ultimately, this all comes back to this this close contact definition that, that the government have got in place, which, you know, talking to a lot of my trading mates in particular, it's just doing everyone's head in because, you know, it's been tough enough as it is. And these people have built businesses and their livelihoods are at stake. And if one of their staff go down, that takes their whole organisation down and there's now no support really there for them, no subsidies. Mm-hmm. So there is a massive disincentive to test. And so the word going around, and you guys would have picked it up, but everyone's just like, right, there's no way we're getting tested because um, the danger of that and the damage it's going to do to our staff and our business and our welfare is massive. And that kind of, that, that's a real concern for everyone because if mm. people aren't getting tested, you're not getting information, the stats, and then you know, we seem to be having calls made based on based on that and, and so how accurate is it? And so... Now that that's the big challenge we have at the moment is that close contact definition, and it's it's creating some real um, real challenges. I think if if we could move to the situation very similar to Australia, I think that would alleviate a lot of issues. One, we wouldn't be doing the bubble. You know, basically, it's household contacts isolate six seven days negative test return to work. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this. Um, the Super Rugby teams would be boxing on, knowing that we're going to get cases of Omicron. We brought in a few extra players to create some more depth. We relaxed replacement player rules, and there would be a real focus amongst the players to minimise the risk and make sure we could try and get teams out each week to provide some entertainment for people. And outside of that, businesses and all the all, all the others would be able to do the same, um, knowing that you're going to have periods where staff and teachers and emergency workers go down, but there's there's an avenue and a quick quick avenue to get them back into the workforce and, and doing what they want to be doing. So from our perspective, the sooner we get to that point, the better. Uh, absolutely, no doubt. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> I just look at it, I think there's, there's other sports and other competitions going on at the moment. So, so how come rugby's different from from those? For instance, cricket tournaments, are, there's competitions going on around around New Zealand at the moment, and it's the same virus, so what's the difference? Yeah, and they're all, they're all facing that same risk. And that's a, that's a big challenge for them, and they're all doing their best to manage it. Um, and if Omicron kicks off the way they're saying, that risk is only going to intensify until the close contact definition changes. So, you know, in 10 days' time, are we going to see those teams still being able to run out, or are they going to have to isolate because mm. someone within that environment contracted Omicron? So that's the challenge. But, you know, the point you're making, Baz, is it's, it's, it's massive. I mean, we've just seen an unbelievable Melbourne Open, you know, Australian Open taking place in Melbourne. Mm. At arguably the height of Omicron, um, you know, players and support staff flying in from around the world. Like the way Australia have managed this whole situation is just so far ahead of us, unfortunately. And um, it's, you know, we had massive advantages early on being an island nation, being able to close our borders and protect our people and learn. But we, we've, we've been behind the eight ball since then, and it, it's made it incredibly difficult um, for everyone. Not, I mean, your sports sort of down the list a little bit, but you're thinking of, you know, everyone else, the tourism operators, people overseas wanting to return home, um, businesses wanting to get supplies and getting things underway. It, it, just across the board, that surely there's a better way to do it. And I have to say, I look at Australia and I look when we had the bubble with them and you know, maybe if we'd kept the bubble with Australia at that point and, and not effectively divorced ourselves from them and stayed alongside them and, and matched our policies with them, maybe we'd look something a little bit more like Queensland 
right now and, and we'd be coming out the other side of it before winter and um, and we would have been able to let a lot of industries and businesses including sport um, you know continue including from a rugby perspective hosting the rugby championships and knowing that Ireland will be able to come down in, in, in July and from a cricket perspective knowing that South Africa can be here in a few weeks and knowing that the Cricket World Cup's going to be able to go ahead and and the likes and um you know, it, it, I'll be honest, it, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, very, very frustrating. Rob, um, I don't think we've learned anything in the last two years, but anyway, we're not a political station. We'll stay away from that. Um, mate, quickly, just for we, we, let you, we let you go. I want to talk to you about Queenstown. What, what was the decision to head to Queenstown and, and obviously share it between Invercargill and Queenstown? There's a lot of moving parts uh, from Queenstown to Invercargill. Uh, was there an incentive? I know Chris Lindham's come out today and said it's going to cost seven figures. It's going to cost a million odd dollars. So there's a lot of money that's going to be spent on this. Was there an incentive for heading to Queenstown? Um, you know, giving back to, to New Zealand rugby. Yeah, we looked at lots of different reasons, and you know, I'm from the deep south of Zao, and I reckon the closer you can get to Invercargill and Stuart Island, the better. So that that was a big, <laughs> a big factor in it. Um, <laughs> all the boys are like, well, come oh, on, mate, get the opportunity to play in Invercargill, please get us down there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's what I can't figure out <laughs> yeah yeah but um, I'm in Queenstown you know, there's been a lot of communication with them previously like we were actually yeah. looking to hold, host a whole rugby championship in Queenstown at run stage and there's frankly no reason why that couldn't have happened um, and bring international teams in so the, the key reasons were they've, they've got multiple hotels that frankly aren't being used there's no MIQ facility yeah. there so you've got multiple hotels straight away, and if, if it's not a main centre in terms of it's not Auckland, Christchurch, Wellington, so you're de-risking the situation there. Um, Hamilton and the Bay of Plenty, Waikato, have kind of been the site of Salonicon outbreaks, so there was a bit of a risk associated with that. You can look at something like Rotorua, but you've got MIQ hotels there and not enough stock of hotels to, to cater for, mm. for what we're after. So when you actually went through the exercise, um, Queenstown became pretty obvious. Uh, we get charter flights in there with the teams. Um, they've got uh, enough facilities to cater for them, just. Um, and, yeah, it comes back to they've got hotels that don't have people in it because we don't have a, a border that can facilitate you know, tourism at the moment. So uh, it became kind of logical. Plus, we have, in all seriousness, we've got Invercargill with lights, and so we can bus teams rather than fly teams to a ground, which is a really important one. And if we needed, we could actually bus to the Eden and plan to need them because obviously we can't have crowds at red settings. So it's not about the crowds, it's about ideally a ground with lights and then we'll also get some nice daytime rugby during summer at Queenstown and a complete outside uh, outsider would be playing a game at Wanaka. So so but being able to bus to games was pretty important. We don't want to have to get on planes and obviously the cost of planes is massive. So when you went through all the list, um, Queenstown was actually turned out to be a bit of an obvious choice. Yeah, And plus... Yeah, they're incredibly well. The team that have been on the ground down there, like they're, they're just fantastic. Like they're just, despite everything they've been through, they're just like, right, roll the sleeves up. We can do this for you. Yeah, we're into it. And um, it's yeah, everything oh, I'm hearing back, it's just a great attitude from them. Yeah. Oh, it's good to hear. Being a, a man from down that way as well, it, it does happen to get quite cold down there, there though, as you well know, Rob. So that could be a, a slight issue. But hey, I want to talk to you about another great event. And another one that you were right at the forefront of uh, shepherding. He's the face the, of it. Team through. 
If that was the success of Team Rugby and the dominance of Team Rugby over an ageing set of cricketers, what a, what a wonderful event. And what was your takeaway from that, Rob, as, as manager of the side? Well, I'm not, I don't even qualify as manager. I'm well and truly in the background. I think Israel was paid to be the face of that event, wasn't it? At one stage, but it didn't come this yeah, year. So didn't lob someone up. had to step in. Yeah, I, I borrowed Ray's this red cricket hat. I think it was basically the sun was so so hot. But mate, what a great time, wasn't it? You know, and mm. the, the mm. best part was just seeing a ground like that just packed and fully utilised. Yeah. Food trucks, music. People having a good time. Um, Baz, when, we, you know, when the rugby team, of which you're a crucial and a, a founding member of it, um, but we're a bit converted here. We've got no cricketers here. No cricketers. Um, <laughs> but we, um, you know, when we drove to the ground and saw that queue, that was just classic, wasn't it? It must have stretched for a kilometre and a bit. At two and a half hours before the game kicks off and um, kids and, I don't know, it was just, it was just awesome. It's, it's exactly what entertainment and sport and everything should be about, mate. And, the beauty is that too all we get to repeat it next year and go three two up at Hagley, um, so that'll be quite mm. fun. But it, it was put on for a number of different reasons. Um, provides a, a little bit more light-hearted entertainment, make the cricketers feel absolutely horrible because you know they hate having to play that game. They love everything else around it, but <laughs> having to get their whole bodies up. <laughs> Kyle Mills yeah, well, doesn't talk to me. He doesn't talk to me outside of abusing me for <laughs> and his brother for, for suggesting we play this game. Um, but yeah, and then the rugby boys absolutely love it. And bringing some young lads in was awesome as well. Mm. But that, obviously, it is too tall now. They've got no chance unless they freshen up their side. But the um, that whole event, you're, you're bang on, Rob. Like the crowd, the, 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 the queues of people to get into that ground it just shows you how much New Zealand are just crying out for sporting events, right? We've been starved of the opportunity to go and attend sporting events of late. And I know that the, the Super Rugby um, competition is going to be played behind closed doors as well. But at some stage when we do get through this, New Zealand is just going to turn up and watch sporting events in their droves, aren't they? Yeah, I think we will see that kind of a rebound and that, you know, it's almost like a... And, and even just getting on with it. I mean, we've seen, we've seen Australia do it. Um, we've seen other countries around the world are well and truly onto it. You know, we've got meetings coming in now. We're the only country not travelling to the meeting. You know, normally we would be travelling and we'd be around the table and engaging, but we are the only country not travelling. So, you know, this, this activity around the world is picking up and it's moving on. And, um, and I, you know, Kiwis will rebound and it's not just sport, it'll be music, it'll be, you know, get-togethers, weddings, you know, family occasions, all that side of stuff will pick up and, and, and we'll work through it. But it's almost like we've just got, we're going to have a couple of months of one, dare I say it, the government adapting their policies to the situation so that we can all get on um, and trying to get that right. And you can see right now that they're wrestling with that and each day they're coming out and and trying to, to sort of catch up in, in my kind of view, which is yeah. at least it's good to see yeah. some action. Um, and then we're going to get on with it. It's going to be a tough, a couple of really tough months. We've seen every other country go through it, and arguably, mm. quite possibly, the toughest of COVID. Um, but if we can get through it and mm. come out the outside, the other side, then yeah, um, sports, everything else kicks off. And I can tell you now, there's a, there's a lot of athletes, individual athletes, travelling the world that want to perform, and and teams that want to perform for everyone. And hopefully, we get our platform to do that soon. Be good. 
Yeah, awesome. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Rob Nicol, uh, CEO of the Rugby Players Association. We really appreciate your time, mate. I think the pressure's on. I predict that maybe the Super Rugby teams will be back sooner rather than later, mate. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Have a great day, and uh, we'll get you on very shortly, bud. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. There you go, that was Rob Nickel. We've got a good text coming in as well. Morning team, I agree with Rob. Being a Crusaders season member, I'm not allowed to see our team until near the end of the season, etc. Why can't we do the same as the racing and cricket World Cup with spectators? 100 bubbles. Cheers, man. That is from Den. So there's a lot of frustration out there, Bears, and uh, everyone's kind of had enough. New Zealand rugby, well, they've been held to ransom and they've had to go make the decision to head down south because of the bubbles. And the infection rate, and like I spoke about earlier, if someone gets infection, the whole organisation, the whole franchise has to go into lockdown into a bubble. So things need to be changed, brother. Yeah, well, he, also Rob made a good point. It's not just sport, right? It's music and it's, it's other mm. industries, it's other workforce, et cetera, et cetera. 100%. So he's absolutely bang on. He may, have just, he may have discovered the secret. Don't test. You don't test, you don't know. It is 7.23 here in the morning on Baz Nizzy for breakfast. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. ECNZ. Coming up 7.28 in the morning here on Baz Nizzy for breakfast. Well, on the Kennard's High phone line, we've got Tim. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Timmy! Thanks, boys. How you doing, mate? What do you got for us? A little, you got a little story, a war story. Oh, well, you know, uh, I won a bonus with a few fellas the other morning, uh, and I was trying to decide what to, what to put it on, and I was listening to you yesterday, and I, I was trying to decide between uh, the Pink Horse and um, Seamus. So I tried to put it on a Quinella, but you can't you can't do double-ups on a bonus bet, so I canned it because the odds yeah. are too short, you know. Uh, and then I was listening yeah. to Louis when he was talking to Smitty, and he tipped out Field of Gold and the lights under that, and uh, so I put my money on it and got paid, baby. Uh, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Timmy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So he tipped out Field of Gold after he had already tipped out Seamus. Seamus, yeah. Whoa, 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 I like the roughy, like 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 Baz says, a little bit of meat on the bones, mate. Paying seven, so that was good, good, good business. Oh, <laughs> how good! He got paid. Uh, Did you take Baldara? Should Baldara into that? How good no, would that mate, be? Yeah, yeah but you can't, do, it, you can't do the multis or the double ups with bonus bets. So. Oh. Yeah. Hey Tim, did Louis tip anything else out for the rest of the day yesterday that we were unaware of? Or? I, yeah, I didn't hear anything else. <laughs> Baz, stop looking for something that's not there. <laughs> Thank you, Timmy. Have a Good great man. day, mate. Appreciate you calling, brother. Well, well done. done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, classic. I see. I see. I see. I see. No worries. I know where yeah. you get But it is 7.30 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Heaps more coming up after the news. We're going to get over to Louis for his sports update. Then a little bit of Tony Pike later on as well. Look forward to chatting to him. It is time for us to shoot off to Karen with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand.
SENZ, we're 27 minutes away from 8am. Thank you, Kaz, for the news, and thank you, Tim, for calling in, even though you tried to roll me there. But that's all right. Uh, it's okay. 0800 The Ken Arts High phone line's there for you any stage during the show. Lads, a couple of stories just to get to. One that I really want to keep updating, because I think this is a massive news story, is former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL, the Giants, and every NFL franchise alleging uh, racial discrimination in the hiring process. Joey gave us an update before 7am. Brian Flores has appeared on ESPN's um, anchor morning show, Get Up, this morning, and he sat there and explained why he's doing this, and it's not just for him. He feels like African-American and minority coaches have been discriminated against for decades, despite the Rooney rule he said that this is a flawed rule because people are just using it as a box-ticking exercise before going on and showing their racial prejudice. It's going to be a fascinating story because, as Joe pointed out, the NFL is powerful. They have a lot of money, and Roger Goodell has typically, the commissioner, has typically never backed down on stuff like this. He's going to get a lot of support, though, Brian Flores. It'll be interesting to see when Bill Belichick, widely regarded as the greatest coach of all time, comes out and speaks because his uh, text messages are being used as evidence. This will be a fascinating mm. story to follow for the next wee while. And um, Kaz was right. So Daryl Mitchell, the Spirit of Cricket Award, so Dan Vittori and co, including Baz McCullum. And I just did a little bit of Googling, Baz, to see what you when, what year and when you uh, and why you were awarded the Spirit of Cricket Award. And I've, as far as I can tell, it was after the World Cup and it was just for your style of captaincy in general and hard but fair way of playing the game. Do you remember much about that, Tom? No, not really. No, no I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, you text me offline and you said, do you know what you won it for? I said, no, I can't remember. So, <laughs> so you set me up a beauty there. No, I well, can't actually remember. Well, it, so I tried to figure it out, but I think it's just I think it was just for your captaincy style. And I think, I don't know if it was hey, an individual moment. You're just a champion, mate. You're the people's champ. That's what you you got it for, Daggy. mate. All right. Daggy well people champ. <laughs> well, why thank you? Why thank you? Thanks, Kaz, for bringing that up too. We love we love him, Kaz. Thank you very much. Um, hey, just on that uh, that story around the NFL. So Joey mm. said there was a smoking gun, in, in regards to the email. But in that email, so it was saying that he'd been hired, but he hadn't had an interview yet, right? Yeah, last yeah, no, year. That wouldn't be the first. That wouldn't be the first person who's been hired, or who's been shoulder tap, or or a position's been made available for them, without actually having to go through the process, though, right? But I think that. Brian Flores, so the African American coach, hadn't even been interviewed, but the job had been given. So he accidentally texts the wrong Brian, another Brian, saying, "Congratulations, you've been hired." But he texts the wrong Brian. He texts African-American Brian Flores, who said, I haven't even been interviewed. So it kind of shows that the interview was just a sham. It wasn't actually to see if he wanted the job because the job had already gone. And it was so they could tick the box of the Rooney Rule interviewing an African-American coach. So he's not getting a fair crack. And Is that is that what you mean? Yeah, but that that's not unusual in any sort of work, sort of workplace or, or sporting, sporting teams. Most of the time you... People don't sort of sell their car and start walking, right? They 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 have ideas of who they want to place anyway, and a lot of the time it is just 
is to be seen to be following a process. I don't see how that's a racial discrimination. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I like I know where you're coming from, and I guess this is that's that's a part of the evidence. I think you could probably look at the fact that there's only one African American head coach in the league, and there's five vacancies at the moment, and I don't know how many African Americans are in line for those jobs. There's probably a whole lot of historical evidence that weighs up, and this mm. maybe being the spearhead for the. Um, like what, maybe this is just a crucial p- point of the whole case. It'll be that's why it'll be an interesting one to follow, Baz. And I don't know how the court's going to really rule because you're right, isn't that up to interpretation? And I'm sure this happens in lots of industries. So that's why it's going to be really interesting. Mm. Sure is, sure is. Anyway, we've got a text here on the double eight double three text <laughs> line again. This is another one, Louis. Are you texting these in yourself because these are all giving you a lot of positivities? Yeah. We had six weeks of not getting is... tipped out that Atisha and Aegon are going to tax my money. But I took Veldara and I had Nova show because I was informed on this very show last week that Craig Grills pays oh. the bills. Had perfect oh. pink too, but we won't talk about that. So that's another one. Another one in the oh. Louis Herman Watt file of Brett? tipping. That's Herman from Watt. Brett. How many burner Brett phones do I have, eh? <laughs> <laughs> It's good though. I'm, I'm pleased you're getting the love because you, you you got yeah. you got touched up yesterday by someone, didn't you? They named name there. <laughs> <laughs> but you're back. Louis is back. Right. Speaking of back, we'll be back soon. We're going to be back on the other side with Tony Pike. He's going to talk us through the win of Field of Gold yesterday in the Group Two Waikato Guineas. For breakfast on SCNZ, give us a call anytime on the Kennard's Tire phone line 0800 or keep your text. Flooding through as well on double eight double three. It's a good time for us now to talk a little bit of racing. And yesterday evening we were treated to some fantastic, fantastic racing on a, for a Wednesday. It was headlined by the Group 2 Waikato Guineas. Field of gold in front here at the 250. Led by three from Seamus. RJ's flight, the perfect pink out wider. It's field of gold at the 150. Clear in the Legacy Lodge, Waikato Guineas. The perfect pink and Seamus can't get him. And the field of gold and a brilliant front-running ride by Michael McNabb. Field of gold won the Legacy Lodge, Waikato Guineas. The perfect pink second. Summed up beautifully by race caller George Simon, a beautiful front-running ride from Wee Nabba, who got Field of Gold to the front, put them to sleep, then turned it into a sprint straight up the straight. Being a half-brother to New Zealand Derby, when assured Forrest puts Field of Gold right in the Derby equation as well for this year. And after yesterday, well, he's now equal third favourite. Eight bucks on the line of betting. Tony Pike, he's the mastermind behind the horse, and he's with us now. Good morning, Pikey. Good morning, Baz. Pretty happy with the ride Nabba gave it yesterday, mate. Yeah, he gets it right every now and then. <laughs> two instructions, <laughs> or you let or you let him go. No, it was probably two instructions. It looked like a race devoid of uh, tempo. Um, obviously, he led it his last start, and just sort of said, "I've been getting to a nice rhythm." And um, you know, there's now I'm going to take you on. He's more than happy for you just to roll along in front, and like he did, he judged it very, very well. Yeah, too right, mate. You've always said this horse got a bit of brilliance about him, eh? And compared to Sherwood Forest too, who's obviously the brother as as well. So, why did what is it about him that you thought was uh, was that brilliance? Uh, look, he's you know he's obviously running all the better three old races and on the way. Um, he ran third, probably a touch unlucky not to run second to the Bear and the Guineas. Um, just being Sherwood's Forest brother, we, he's always been a little bit more brilliant, being by Star Spangled Banner and. 
the sort of thought once he gets up to that 2,000 metre trip, um, you know, it's probably going to get be better for him. And I think he's, you know, just continued to strengthen throughout the preparation. And you've also got uh, you got the other or second favourite in the derby as well, and Tutukaka. So, what is it, mate, about uh, about derby horses? Like, what is it that you need to be able to get a horse to progress through to the derby? Uh, they're going to be you know, reasonably tough sort of three-year-olds. I think they've got, got to eat and, and handle the racing well going forward. Um, you know, it's not time, easy at this time of the year with the very firm tracks. Um, you know, to, to get the mileage into them and, and keep them 100% sound. So, you know, they've got to be you know pretty tough horses to, to get through to, to peaking at a, at a derby. It's, it's definitely not an easy easy race to get them to um, you know, along the way. It's, it's probably one of the harder ones. Hey mate, uh, Tony, it's Izzy here. Great to have you on the show, but hey, um, quickly, just you got two of the two of the top three favourites in the Derby. You got Tutukaka, and now you got Field of Gold. Which one's more suited, mate? Oh, probably a hard question. Um, Tutukaka's <laughs> already, <laughs> already had a, had a run over the you know the, the Derby trip, obviously in the BRC Derby. Um, you know, yeah. his run in the crack and medium was was super and. And we definitely know he'll run the trip out. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I can't really lean either way, to be honest. Um, you know, I think they're both going to be very good chances once they get there. And, look, I'm not going to complain if uh, whichever one wins, to be honest. Yeah, mate. So you've got some pretty champion horses. Great to have one, uh, let alone two, in, in the big race coming up. Mate, what next for you? What have you got coming up in, in the next couple of weeks that you can maybe steer us towards? I'm getting a bit of heat on, on the text line because... I'm tipping out a few things and they're not coming through, but can you lead us into something in the next couple of weeks, Pikey? Yeah, pretty quiet this weekend, but um, got a really nice two-year-old going around at Wirrakaka on Wednesday called Total Recall. She's trolled up uh, very well twice. She should be extremely hard to beat on uh, debut at Wirrakaka next Wednesday. Ooh, Total Beautiful. Beautiful. That one is going straight in the black book. Hey, Pikey, <laughs> just uh, one last thing on Field of Gold, mate. He's obviously, well, he's ran second in a group, Two, second in a group three, third in a group one. Now he's a group two winner. Just that he clearly a, a horse which has uh, has deserved to to get there um, and and to pick up its its accolade. Did did you know right pretty early that you, that you had something something pretty special? Yeah, we always liked him as a young horse. Um, we had to run him on a heavy track at Tirata. Uh, which he won in a small field, never really liked the ground, but um, got the job done before he headed down uh, south for the, the Guineas path. But, yeah, just a, a lovely type of horse that, you know, he's always had plenty of strength about him and shown us plenty of ability on the training tracks. Probably not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's just taken a while to really put things together uh, race day, but he's um, he's becoming a lot more professional in his races, um, especially his last couple of runs. Nice. Hey, um, just one, one thing. Obviously, COVID's been... Uh been around now for a while the racing industry came to a halt for a while but you guys are still operating now and without crowds and things how is it is the is the industry buoyant with uh, with racing still going on albeit without without crowds uh look yeah i think taking a, a feed off australia obviously it's, it's very strong in australia and i think domestically you know turnovers are up and you know there's some positivity out there especially with um obviously the auckland um merger um, that's going to be fantastic for the industry so there's some good things, you know, some some light at the end of the tunnel, and obviously, you know, it'd be nice to get owners back on uh, on course. Um, you know, owner participation and, and engagement's a huge thing. So, you know, it's not easy for the clubs, but um, you know, hopefully, they can uh, they can still open the doors and and let owners sort of get to the course, obviously, in a safe way. Um, and hopefully, all this blows over reasonably quickly.
to still give you enough confidence as you head towards the uh, NZB Karaka sales, yelling sales to unleash, open the wallet and, and have a real crack? Oh, my wallet's not that big, but I'll be having a crack anyway. <laughs> 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 no, we'll, 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 definitely, uh, we'll definitely be buying a fair few at Karaka. Um, normally we've obviously been to the Gold Coast or or the classic sale and, and possibly Melbourne before um, Karaka, but um, you know that's been very difficult. And the strength of the Australian sales has been quite phenomenal, really. So um, you know, I'm sure they'll flow over here for the better ones. And uh, yeah, look, we'll definitely be doing a lot of work. We'll start our yelling inspections next week, and um, you know, hopefully we can buy some nice horses um, to, to take through to the you know the Cracker Million races over the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want a derby, win it, then get on get on the Tony Pike train. Thanks, mate. We'll uh, really appreciate you joining us, and um, well done yesterday, and, and all the best for uh, for the Derby and all your other stable and Total Recall. We will be all over. Thank you. Yep. Mate. Cheers, Pikey. Thanks, <laughs> boys. Thanks. Beautiful. Tony Pike, trainer, of course, of Waikato's Waikato Guineas winner, Field of Gold. He also has Tutakaka on the second line of betting. He steered us into two-year-old Total Recall next week, so look forward to that. And. Uh, and the cracker sales will be interesting, actually. Great opportunity for a lot of people to get involved in racing, whether you, whether you are a, a racing fan or, or you feel like dipping your toe in, uh, in the racing waters for the first time. There's a great opportunity that sale is in March, mid-March. New Zealand uh, New Zealand bloodstock, obviously, bring us that. And there's a Karaka yearling sales. Great opportunity. And people like Tony Pike, trainers like Tony Pike, they buy horses. You can take small shares in them if you if you wish as well. And it is a hell of a thrill owning a race a racehorse. That is for sure. Seven fifty two here in the morning. Plenty more to come. Just after eight, we're going to talk to Scott Robertson, Razor Robertson. I reckon you might want to have a little giggle. He'll bring the heat. He'll bring some intensity. And we look forward to chatting to him. This is Baz Nizzi for breakfast on SENZ. In store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's coming up to 8 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're going to get to Kaz in the news very, very shortly. But we're going to have a chat to Razor Robinson very soon after the 8 o'clock break. And uh, looking forward to chatting to him, really, because... A lot of these changes, <clears throat> a lot of these changes, we had Rob Nickel on the line and, and there's a lot of changes and a lot of uncertainty uh, going around and, and speaking of Rob Nickel, he spoke about the players, um, there's a lot of uncertainty with them as well and, and the question I think needs to be asked is, is as a coach, as a coach when you're going into these situations when you know, a spanner's been thrown in the works and, and you don't know, you know what's happening today, you don't know what's happening next week, there's just so much uncertainty I think. Um, the question I got asked off here was, what would Razor be doing? What would Razor be doing to ma- ensure that his players are staying on task? And, and being coached by Razor and, and knowing what kind of man he is, he uh, like, and, and you'd know, Baz, as a coach as well, when, when your coach has been throwing these situations, these, th- these curveballs, these kind of different scenarios, and your players, you know, you're a coach, you're a leader, and these players are, are looking for a bit of guidance from your from your leader, from your coach. I think a guy like Razor, he would um, he would he would front it. He'd front it early in, in a meeting. He'd talk about it. He'd say, "Look, look, boys, this is this is this is what it is. There's no different. There's no way around it. This is what we got to do. We've got to walk towards it." So I think Razor, I can't wait to chat to him about it. Like, what what's his what's his kind of way 
of dealing with this current situation. Because um, I was texting David um, Harvili last night and he's just got back into training and then he's been thrown. He's got to go away for five weeks. So there'll be a lot of uncertainty. I think Razor would just deal with it. He'd put it on the forefront and say, boys, this is what this is what it is. This is the current world we live in. There's so many different changing scenarios that we have to deal with every single day. He'd walk towards it and uh, it'll start from the top and filter down from Razor. So... Yeah, he's coming up after the break. We'll have a chat to him about these changes, them heading to Queenstown, six rugby teams heading to Queenstown. Also, I want to ask him about the Super Rugby Old Picky. What are the girls up to? What are the girls going to be doing? I would love to get some detail about that. Anyway, so we've got Razor Robinson coming up just after the break. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees right now. I'm a bit thirsty. But here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's Thursday, the 3rd of Feb. And, well, coming up on the show, we're going to talk to Razor Robinson very, very shortly. Hopefully he's not in Sumner surfing his way on those beautiful Sumner waves, as Razor Ray does. And then after that, we're going to talk to Tom Abercrombie, as Kaz spoke about. They beat the Illawarra Hawks yesterday, last night. So they'll be up and about. It's been a tough old slog for them. Injuries. Galore, Tom Abercrombie is just coming back from a wee little niggly injury, so we're looking forward to chatting to him shortly. But anyway, if you've missed the show, you've got to make sure you go over to the SEN app. Download the SEN app. Go to Izzy Baz and Izzy's podcast and listen to Rob Nickel. We spoke to Rob Nickel, and he spoke about the current state that all these organisations, not only sport organisations, businesses, small businesses, people from around New Zealand are having to go through. And a lot of people are actually heading towards not testing. Because if we get one in the group that's tested and positive, the whole organisation goes down. So a lot of businesses are going through that at the moment. But honestly, it was a great conversation with Rob Nickel. Make sure you head over and have a wee listen to that one. But right now, right now, it's time to talk a bit of rugby, a bit of black clash, a bit of surfing, a bit of everything. Because he does it all, Scotty Robinson. And there's been some big news come out today about the current situation that New Zealand rugby and super rugby sides have to face and well it's time to talk to Scotty Robinson pre-season super rugby is back this weekend and one man who will be fired up is Razor Ray Crusaders coach and all-round champion New Zealander Razor Scotty Robinson good morning Ray morning it's an intro wow I like that gotta pump you up mate you're like me peak (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you just well, you want me to get in some stats? You want some stats, Ray? Or we're good, man. We're good. No, how are you, Ray? I know you're into the full swing of of preseason one this week, mate. So how's how's the preseason been going? And and you got all the All All Blacks boys back into camp as well. So how's it all been, bud? Yeah, great. It's always good to um, get a returning Crusaders. Our All Black boys um, always give them a a wee hacker in and a. Uh, you know, just so thankful for what they've done for us and their, um, you know, how much money they bring to and hard work they've bought. And that comes straight in their training level, just jump straight up again. And, you know, there's young, few young guys in, in awe. Um, and, and that's what you want. You know, you want that role modelling of um, the, the, these quality men that come back into your environment. And this weekend, you know, we've got two teams. Um, we've got a lot of guys that are training with us. Um, it's their opportunity, Decker. You know, they've put their heart and souls into mm. to pre-season uh, and they're fit and 
they get to go on a bus to Omaru for three and a half hours um, and play a game in front of no one. But, but look, it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for them. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we go into the bubble next Wednesday. Yeah, nice, mate. I've seen that squad yesterday. Some exciting um, some exciting players playing for you. Vahakoro, I'm looking forward to watching him go, mate. And what about the number eight, Pablo Matera, mate? How's he been transitioning into the squad and, and throughout the preseason, mate? And what, what's he been bringing to the group? A lot of leadership, obviously, big leader in Argentina. Has he been fitting in well? He's actually really interesting. His English is way better than I thought it would be. Um, he went to... Um, yep. he, he, Spoke English and Spanish at school. Like that was how they, I think it was Spanish in the morning, English in the afternoon. And his wife Elena and um, the teenager's wee son, they, they're great. They've, they've basically toured the whole of Canterbury region. Um, they've tried to make it their own straight away. So off field's fine. So he's come in and basically there's no clarity level. It's only, we've had to pull him back. It's full like intensity at all sort of training. So I think. I think he's come from Argentina trainings where they just got a hundred and and he's <laughs> and he's got it. We've just worked so hard on his skill set. We've worked um mm. but he's an awesome pro. First in, rolling up, watches his clips, uh, he does extras, he's um he's an impressive man. Oh, a, a human as much as well as a as a rugby player. Yeah. Awesome. Hey Razor, it's uh, it's Baz here, mate. Plenty of uh, serious questions around the bubble to ask shortly, but can we can we just on a slightly more light-hearted way take you back about two weeks to your ability to galvanise a group of uh, rugby players to to just put a a clinic on and just take care of uh, some ageing cricketers? Can you just explain to us just how much that meant to you? Well, well yeah, thanks, Baz, and thanks for um, your input too, man. I, I just can't believe you're blue to see a ball after sort of four or five beers before a game. You've done extremely well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Long races, but uh, give away I, look, the what a weekend! <laughs> what, what a weekend, man! Like it, it's pretty special, eh? Like the the bloody of all these, you know, we've got our own um, sporting sort of journeys and we've got our own lives but you come to back for this this moment and everyone's got a the skill set but everyone's such good buggers the the crowd just genuinely love it like i was, I was managing the crowd i was managing the cricket obviously i've got no idea about that but <laughs> i uh um we see that yeah stay on a few green teas or yeah but the 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 what I I just couldn't believe the nervousness of it. Like there's this little apprehensions that everyone's guys played all these different levels. You get a crowd involved in a little bit of competition. You can just tell people were just well, oh here we go. I've got to front up because you know what Ted's like. He's pretty brutal. He'll drop you if you don't front. <laughs> hey, sure. Yeah, Nug. He dropped Nuggy, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, Nuggie was spewing too. Spewing. Brad Weaver spewing. (laughs) Tough game. Anyway, hey, hey, Razor, just um, one thing I'm really fascinated um, by as as a fellow coach is what your role will be in the next little while trying to to get the boys used to a different sort of life in, in a bubble and being away from their families and and the challenges you mentioned, there's going to be no crowds, little things which which we're all used to. Um, what's your real sort of? What's your biggest challenge you feel in the next little while to get the boys up? 
Oh, again, it's the mindset around it. Look, it's, it's one good thing though, Baz. It's only three and a half weeks, so we're going to be in and out quite quickly. So it's a real great opportunity for us to to get tired as a group. But Crusaders tour better than anyone else. We historically, statistically, that's um, good when we actually become quite tight. So look, and it's just what you normally do if you go to South Africa in a normal tour. So that's how we'll frame it up. Then you just sort of go, go to go get it and make the most of it. The good thing is we'll be in Queenstown. It's, it's still summertime. Uh, and, you, and it's, there's a little bit of flexibility. You still can go on the lake and you can still get the swimming pool and still go to manage, uh, uh, like a managed hotel or whatever it is so it's ready for us. So it's, you're not quite going from sort of bedroom to training field. Uh, so, But... You've got to get on with each other. <laughs> As you know, mate, you've been mm. on tours longer than us with the old cricket. So you've got to make sure you have a lot of downtime. So when you're off rugby, you're off. And when you're on, you're on. And then put things in between where the boys can get tight but also have time if they want to um, just chill out. Yeah, so, so Ray, when they want to chill out, uh, is it like MIQ, you can't leave the premises? Or are they able to go for a walk and and go to the park or go play some golf on the day off? Like, how, will that, how will that work? That's actually a good question. I'm not sure about golf. We did ask for Millbrook Day. <laughs> yeah. We got Millbrook. <laughs> I was going to ask that. We got Millbrook. Um, and so, yeah, so we actually went to the hotels this morning, but that's all, it's all relative to it. Like, we can, you can go and do stuff if you, you, you manage, so someone can, go and take you, like the, the medical group can go and take you somewhere at night as long as you're in a small group. You, you don't have there's no touch points with anyone else in the public. Uh, you can go and, and can go and do things. There's a little bit of flexibility around it, but it's also managed. So it's not quite, it's not MIQ as such. No. Okay. Hey, um, one thing I was interested in, because you wouldn't have played much rugby in in Queenstown, right? Does the feel is the conditions any different down there to what you're used to? Is the, is the surface any different, yeah. or is it pretty standard? Uh, look, there's six training fields. Like I said, Waka Kapu, There's one out at Frankton. There's one at Arrowtown. So they're just sort of sort of closest to the hotel. That'll be our training, and then go and then well, the day games are played in Queenstown, and then and the night games are down in Vicargo or maybe under the roof. We're just describing it at the moment. Um, which teams? So. There'll be a little bit of trouble, which is okay. You know, you know, I played in France for three years. You get used to a bus and, you know, it's, what, three hours, just over three hours to Dunedin from Queenstown. So, uh, look, under the roof is fine. You know you're going to get a good, a great game and obviously the tropical weather that Invercargill provides. So, we'll, um, yeah, we'll just play the conditions out in front of us. Yeah. Hey, Ray, I'll get, I, I get asked, Every year, well, how does what was Ray? What's so special about Ray? And I, I try and explain it the best of my ability. But for you, mate, how do you approach every single season with with the same mindset, the mindset to to win, the mindset to motivate? Like, what goes in, on behind the scenes? And when you're at home in the preseason, where do you get your ideas from? And and how do you stay motivated every year to get the success that you have been able to achieve? Oh, we've gone deep, deep early here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys were... Sorry, mate. I had to. Really, <laughs> uh, look, I think, I think you know me well enough now, Jackie, that look, I'm hugely yeah. 
Um, I'll pump your tyres. Yeah, you really thankful. Thank you, brother. I, I just really thankful for the the opportunity to coach a team that you played for. It's pretty unique when you look around. There's not many players that get to come back and coach a team um, that's been successful and come back and do that again. So, look, like a real honour. I, I love so. And full respect, you know, like every year you, you start again with, with your theme or your selection or, or mm. how you can grow your leadership group. The first thing you have to do is get yourself right as a leader. If, if I don't evolve or come back with uh, ideas um, around it, from management to, to you know, to, to looking at trends in the game, where the game's going, look at Northern Hemisphere. So I sort of break it up into sort of three areas around leadership, culture, and the game, and then what what of those areas do I need to go, and how can I be better in them? And then um, world-class coaching staff with me, like Josh Ryan, the week champion, probably best forward coach going probably in the world, um, one of them, and then you know, Tommy Ellison and Andrew Goodman and Scott Henson, they, they've all got great experience, they've been around for a long period of time, and and, they, and we all compliment each other and they compliment me and, you know, they're all trying to pull me back with all my ideas and thoughts, we can do this. So we've got a great balance. But I, I, probably the, the big thing that I'm really proud of is the probably connection with the players, um, the ability to inspire them through a really clear vision and, and the mission how we're going to go there and go get it by having a lot of fun on the way. Beautiful. That's awesome, man. Hey, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the um, about those support stuff. Is it all uh, beer and skittles, or is or occasionally do they do they challenge Razor? Do they say Razor, mate, you're not right with this one, or, or how does it work? Is, is what's the relationship like there? Um, we have, oh, we we sort of stress test a lot of things just to make sure that we're on, we're aligned, or or, or, or it's going to handle the stress. So we, we, we sort of female meetings of what we're trying to achieve out of them. So it's just not another meeting. Then it's professional, not personal. So a lot of my ideas is what's best for the team. You know, and not, but you challenge that thought. You, you, you stress it and where, where could it probably be bend or break? Oh, okay. Geez, there could be a better way to do it. So it's not my idea against your idea. It's the idea for the team. So we manage that quite well. Uh, and then, the, like a promise example, Scott Henson, who coaches with Jamie Joseph in Japan, and you know what Jamie is like, he's pretty pretty clear and knows what he wants to do and how he does things, and he's got like a, a great mind like a Tony Brown, so he comes back and experiences all those ideas from them, so looks at the game differently. Uh, and then, you know, you've got Jason Ryan with Venkata, with Fiji, uh, Andrew Goodman's helping with Samoa, and he's a head coach as well, so... All of a sudden, you've got a balance of all these different coaches, different experiences. So you, I need to get that out of them. But also, I just go and trust. Like, you go get it, boys. You go and get your, your, your unit sorted. Like, I'm, I'm not one of those co- um, coaches or head coaches who sit over the top and want to know the plan detail. But what I'll do is give them a clear vision, where we're going to guide, what we're going to do with our language and um, how, how we're going to set this team up to succeed. So we've got the overarching thing, and then I'm there to support them. Beautiful, beautiful, right? You got a good combination there with all of them. I was lucky enough to be coached by all of them, and yeah, you got a champion set up, mate. And well, looking at the squad, you got more outside backs than anyone could ever dream of. So luckily, I'm injured and I'm <laughs> retired, mate. So uh, <laughs> pretty bloody stacked there, eh? How I don't know how you keep getting them. You got the Naholos, then you got Bahakolo, 
Shave Fihaki, mate. How do you do it? Yeah. I think your selection, that, that, that's such a big part of it, important part of it. Robbie Deans always used to say, it's simple. Get it, get the players right. <laughs> Gee, 80%, 80% <laughs> of the, your success is, is your, um, your selection of your squad. And yeah. so you spend a lot of time in the off-season making sure you get that right. And look, even, it's not selection, retention is probably, probably more important than recruitment. Mm. Because, you, you know, we've got 21 centurions in the Crusaders. We've got guys that are loyal that have been around for a long period of time. Yeah. So they're the role models that you need in your group to create those long, lining disciplines of habits. And, you know, Baz, when yeah. you've, been, you've been you played for a long period of time, those guys are so invaluable. Like they've been to India, they've been to Mumbai, they've been to Pakistan, Afghanistan, where they've been. Same as us, when you, you turn up, they've been there and done it. So people are looking at them going, oh, how do you play this pitch? Or how do, you, how do we play this style of rugby? And so retention of those guys, how you treat them, you've got to treat them under, unbelievably well. But they're also just trying to be better every year. And that's your role as a coach to help them do that. Awesome, awesome, Ray. Hey, quick before I let you go, you've, you spoke about the squad, mate, yeah. and you've got a very uh, healthy, strong squad. How do, like Quickly, how do you keep them the whole squad engaged and motivated because like, let's be honest, you've got stacked players that are going to probably play, play most weeks. Are you, are you looking to rotate or how do you keep, you know, get the best out of everyone? Yeah. yeah look, it's a lot of conversations. That's probably the hardest thing because of the, the depth of our, you know, the quality of the squad and the amount of all backs that we've got. And especially when you're playing New Zealand teams, you know, you need, you need to have a, your best team out there. Those derby games are, are so critical for your season. So how you manage yeah. the guys that don't get the full exposure all the time, there's lots of little conversations. There's also, you're always talking to them around um, how well they've done in their training field, always trying to give them work-ons as well, always try to mm. keep them in the loop. If you leave them for two or three weeks, it's just too long. You know, it's, it's, But it's just little bits and often just to make sure you stay connected that we appreciate what you're doing. We're really thankful you're working hard to win the opportunities there. You take it. Awesome. Awesome, Ray. Well, appreciate your time on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. As always, mate, you're Thanks, insightful, Rosa. you're funny, and we enjoy it, brother. So go well down <laughs> in Queenstown and singies and jandals, eh? Singies and jandals will be oh, first things packed. Oh. I know that for sure. <laughs> oh, take care, brother. brother. You're doing well, man. Thanks, man. There you go. Scotty Robinson, absolute champion, Crusaders head coach, and just all round good bugger. He's a man. Anyway, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Get Nasser on the phone. He is in another orbit. Lazarus does it again. SENZ is pacing for purpose. Thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand. Yeah, 26 and a half minutes past 8am, SCNZ and Baz and Izzy are pacing for purpose. hrnz.co.nz, live the dream, get involved in harness racing. We've been raising money for the Child Cancer Foundation. I think we've nearly got about 600 bucks in the kitty. Last week, this week, we're looking at the Harwater Grass Harness tomorrow. Yeah, we're going grass because we're going big and then we're going home. Race two, number five, I won't back down, place twice on the grass, gets a good draw. Good chance, each way value, which naturally means we're smacking it on the nose. 
in, as uh, Kieran, do you want to do an Izzy, Izzy impersonation? What are we doing? No, don't need <laughs> not. But we're going to back it to win. We're going to back it to win. I won't back down. Yes. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Go on, kids. Go on, kids. Go. Oh, is, is it on? Oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh. 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 The, the oh, kitchen's okay. broken. No, the moment's Kitchen. gone. <laughs> yeah, lost it. HRNC.co.nz. Burnt sausage rolls. We're burnt sausage rolls. We're basing for purpose. <laughs> and now we're off to the TAB, aren't we, Baz? Yes, it is. Time for a TAB live update. Louis, bet live on your favourite sports today with the TAB app. Pauli Mawate. How you doing, mate? Pauli. Not too bad. Yeah, morning, morning. You, your boys got us yesterday, I think. Um, Baldara in the first. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Did get a bit, bit of cash oh, on it? Did it, Paulie? Everyone followed you boys in on Baldara. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> that was the worst result of the day. A, a great way to start the day for you boys. And then uh, I think it was Nova Show in race four. Mm. Uh, mm. Was very very well backed. Um, so yes, a, a couple of big results for punters there. Um, Funnily enough, Tony Pike so saved sorry, us please. in the guineas. <laughs> did he? Did he now? <laughs> yeah, because everyone was jumping on Seamus saw the perfect pink. So, um, yeah. 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 thank goodness for that. You're a little That's bit nervous half What have we got today? Got today? Oh, well, uh, let's have a look at the golf today uh, because we've got a golf bonus back promotion on the Saudi International, and that is a stacked field uh, over in Saudi. Uh, Dustin Johnson is the favourite in the outright winner market. He's an $8 favourite, and you can understand why. He's played this tournament three times. He's won it. He's been runner-up, and he's won it. So he just absolutely loves the Saudi International, and we've got a bonus back promotion on that. Basically, place a pre-tournament outright winner bet through your TAB account, and if your player doesn't win but finishes inside the top 10, we'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. So um, just head to the TAB website to check out all the T's and C's around that promotion. But I'm thinking if you back Dustin Johnson, if he doesn't win, he's a big, big chance of finishing in the top 10 because he's mm. never finished out outside the top two in this tournament. Yeah. Okay. So that's $8, did you say, Paulie? He is $8 to win the Saudi International. Um, to be fair, he, he's got a bit of competition. Uh, Xander Schoffler is 12 The Aussie Cameron Smith uh, with the big mullet, he's $13 to win that tournament. A Tyrell Hatton, the angry Englishman, is also at $13. Uh, and the Spaniard Sergio Garcia at 15 uh, But it's a big, big field with a lot of cream on top. Uh, and Dustin Johnson leads that at $8 in the outright winner market for the Saudi International. Yeah. Legend. Thank you, Paulie Mwati. You have a great day, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Yes, Paulie. Yeah, keep, keep making money. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we I will. We, I feel so <laughs> sorry for you guys. Just, you know, like Beldara and Nova Show. Just, I feel so sorry. Anyway, that was the TAB promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. It's 8.30 in the morning. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand.
SENZ 27 away from 9 o'clock. Smithy takes up over after 9, but there's plenty to come here, including Tom Abercrombie coming up very shortly in the first of a few chats we're going to be having with Tom Abercrombie, and he's a good Kiwi, so looking forward to that. Hey, the Night and Day Sports Song Countdown is on all this month. Vote now by calling... 0800 or text your vote to double eight double three. All thanks to Night and Day. They've got it whenever you want it. That's the great Night and Day Sport Countdown. We're running here at SENZ. Now, a couple of quick stories to get back to the lads with uh, Winter Olympics, boys. Starts this weekend. We're fired up for this. We're going to be meddling. Mm. We're going to be meddling. I feel comfortable saying that. But there's been a bit of a near miss. The Kiwi athletes appear to have dodged a a COVID-19 outbreak ahead of the Winter Olympics. So it was thought that one of the Kiwis um, might have had a positive test, but has since returned two negative tests within 24 hours. So the athlete has been cleared cleared out of isolation and rejoined the contingent preparing to compete. So, look, let's put it in perspective. Yeah, there's an Olympic Games going on and there's COVID there in around the Athletes' Village and they're forging ahead it would be a shame if any Kiwis got scrubbed out for it because this is the strongest team we've ever sent, and that is a fact. So very excited to follow that. And then up in the UK, this is an interesting story. Ashley Giles has stood down as England Managing Director um, of Cricket following the 4-0 Ashes defeat in Australia. Ex-England captain Sir Andrew Strauss will replace Giles on an interim basis while the ECB searches for a replacement. So Ashley Giles is stepping down. Baz, what exactly was his role? Was he essentially the head honcho running the show? Yeah, director of cricket. So he he put the coach in place. Uh, he also made a, a pretty controversial decision to remove Ed Smith, who was the head of selection at the time, and hand all selection responsibilities over to Chris Silverwood, the head coach. Um, and that obviously hasn't worked out very well. <laughs> Look, I think it's it's quite difficult. They're saying that he stood down, but I was watching a little bit of Sky Sports news just before, and they're saying he's been sacked. So I think there's a certain choice of words which you can choose to use, whichever way you, uh, whichever side of the ledger you sit on. But look, he, uh, I feel a bit sorry for Ashley Giles to a degree because he's had to deal with unprecedented times in regards to getting his England side on the road, the Test, the One Day, and the T20. They've quite different looks towards all of their teams. So there's a lot of moving parts, and with COVID, there's a lot of bubbles being in operation. Um, England, they tend to travel a lot with their families as well, so they're moving sizable, sizable squads in and around the world with this COVID issue and dealing in bubbles. So he's had lots of players opt out. Well, that they actually have a different policy in English cricket. It's not about opting out of a tour. It's you get the opportunity to opt in, um, whether you're happy with the the state of uh, of mental health and also um, the COVID scenario, so so you um, so things are a little bit different from that point of view. And and the other thing is they were losing against Australia in Australia in the Ashes is not uncommon for for English cricket. So mm-hmm. you know it seems like they during the, his tenure they also won a, a World Cup, a one day World Cup. They made it to the semi-finals of the T. World Cup, so it's, it does seem a little harsh on it, um, but I guess you know he did. He was the one who put in place the, the change to selection, and and handed all the reins to Chris Silverwood, the uh, the coach who was the bowling coach prior. Um, 
whether he's the right man for the job, whether he is also one to uh, one to follow in, in Ashley Giles' shadow, then uh, we'll find out in soon enough time. Sir Andrew Strauss is a safe pair of hands, but he won't do it full-time. He's got too much going on um, in his own life, and he's also been in that situation in that role before. So it'll be interesting to see who takes over. Maybe Owen Morgan. He's coming towards the end of his his tenure as, as a cricketer. He's got remarkable leadership skills. Maybe maybe he's the one. Maybe he steps up, eh? Mm. Old Morgs in, at, in the, in the chair go. at the helm. Eh? Well, you'd know, Baz. You'd know. You'd know how, how Morgs would go and be an absolute champion. But m- my questions, just quickly before we get off, Baz, is watching those test series in England, they just they just look a bit... A little bit weak at the top order. They looked a little bit weak at the top order, like they didn't have too much fight. So is it right to say that they just don't have the depth that they used to, particularly in Tess, in, in the Tess squad? Or have they got the players, just not the right setup? They got the cattle, mate. They 100% got yep. the cattle. Um, but they're okay. just paralysed by this fear of failure and this fascination with technique. It's just bewildering. And, and I, I honestly, I put it down to because... They have so much resource. There's so many coaching staff that travel with them that everyone needs their time, right? The batting, batting coach needs yeah. his time. The bowling coach needs his time. The fielding coach, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in the end, all it does, it just it clouds so much so much of the, uh, the, the natural element of the game, which is to score runs and yeah. to put pressure on the opposition. And, and I think it's not a hard fix, actually. Uh, I think you could easily fix yeah. it. you just got to free, free up that top order in particular and... And do away with some of that real paralysis uh, by analysis mindset, and I'm sure whoever takes over that will be what they're looking to do. Because, gee, it was ugly. It was an ugly watch. They looked like sitting ducks every time they went out there to bat. And they didn't. Well, they were trying to put any pressure back on Australia at all. So, hence the result in that series. 8:39 in the morning here for Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got coming up after the break. We've got Tom Abercrombie. Quarter to nine in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We're doing some cool stuff this year around Super Rugby here at SCNZ. Yeah, we're on the hunt for Super Rugby Fan of the Year. Pick just one winner each week for your chance to win $5,000 cash. Thanks to our friends at Reese. If your team wins, you survive. Get it wrong and you're gone. Gone. Last person standing, they will win. Stay alive, win big. Sign up now at fanoftheyear.scnzradio.com. NZ for your chance to win as well. It's now time for us to, well, introduce for the first time in what's going to be a pretty cool series for us, our chat with legendary Kiwi Hooper, Tom Abercrombie. He's a champion breaker in tall black and alongside Court Kings who design, build and install your own basketball heaven. We're going to catch up with him on Thursdays. Last night, the breakers, well, they got off to a much needed win over uh, Illawarra, 88-67. Tom didn't play though as this year he's been a heck of a battle with multiple injuries that he's had to navigate. He's on the line with us now. Good morning, mate. How are you? Morning, fellas. I'm doing good, thank you. That's the story. Last few months must have been a bit testing for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, man. They've been a bit rough um, you know, on a personal level, having to deal with a, a lot of injuries, a torn um, oblique in the pre-season, and then uh, first, first game back, um, Tearing, tearing some connective tissue in the ankle, which required surgery as well. So, slowly coming back from that one. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a rough trot, and obviously the the boys have had to go through a whole lot of obstacles over here in Australia this year. Um, 
dealing with a few bouts of COVID and whatnot. So uh, it's definitely tested us in, in a lot of different ways. But um, great to see them put in such a good performance last night and and really see the kind of basketball that you know we're, we're capable of playing when everyone's locked in and almost everyone's available. Yeah, Tom, great to have you on the show, bro. Is he here? Um, yeah, tell us about that performance, mate. What clicked for, you for the side? And and there must be great morale after putting in such a clinical performance, ninety to sixty-seven. That's that's an absolute hiding. So, yeah, what what really clicked last night? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the the game before that one, we uh, we got our butts kicked by Tazzy, you know, coming off a two week mm. break where um, you know half the team had had COVID once again. So. Um, it's very tough. We've seen a lot of teams go through go through it this year, and coming back from from breaks like that uh, against teams which are, you know, finely tuned and and have been playing basketball. It's just very hard to match that intensity and and be quite at that level from the outset. And we were caught on the back foot to start in that one, never recovered. But um, you know, boys had a good hard look at each other after that one and, and came out with uh, just great intent last night. Played with terrific energy defensively. Which has been a you know, a massive weakness of us this year is, is how we've defended. Uh, we got after it last night, and we we could see that toughness, and you know, guys were getting deflections, and, and that turned into some really nice basketball. The other end too, the ball was moving around and working for us, and you know, we've got the pieces there to to be a very dangerous team when it's all clicking. And um, you know, watching that last night was. An absolute pleasure. Uh, unfortunately, I'm stuck in Melbourne while they're watching, but there was far less yelling at the oh. TV last night than there was the one before. <laughs> I bet, mate. I bet. There's nothing worse than watching your team go to battle and you just can't do anything about it. Mate, tell us about your role, your role within the squad. Um, obviously, it wasn't planned to go over and, and have so many niggly injuries and, and be off the court, but what kind of role are you running throughout the team and, and what, what, what's your role during the week? Um, oh, look, it's... To be honest, it's been tough. Like um, I'm obviously the, the captain of this team, and it, it's very hard to to lead when you're not able to be out there and um, going through the you know the challenges with the guys. And um, you know you, you can talk as much as you want to the guys and, and and try and build them up that way, but it's very hard when you're not out there experiencing it all too. So um, you know these guys are on the road a lot. Uh, we obviously don't have any home games, so. A lot of yeah. um, travel away for home games as well as away games. Um, so, you know, from I guess from a personal level, it's about trying to do all those things I can off the court to keep these guys um, motivated and, and in check. But uh, to be honest, a lot of that comes from those those leaders in the team, you know, your Paytons and Finns and Yarnies who are, who are out there doing it uh, and going through it. Yeah. And um, I'm obviously focused on trying to get back there as soon as possible, you know, I, it's obviously tough any time you're watching, but um, to see some of the stuff that you know the guys have gone through. When's that, see... brother? When are you back? <laughs> Hopefully a few <laughs> weeks, man. Hopefully a few more weeks. Yeah, I'm out of the cast of Moonboot now and, and doing the rehab, so a few more weeks and hopefully I'll be back back out there. Nice. Uh, good man. Well, we're going to let you go, Tom, but I'm sure the boys will appreciate when you do get back, and I'm sure your presence around the group is still um, driving the whole culture of things forward as well. We look forward... So the partnership with Court Kings as well, and I'm sure you're going to get on the tools when uh, when when the uh, the courts do get installed. I'm sure we'll be able to get you out of injury and and help install some of these courts. Eh? Absolutely, Izzy. You look like you've got a pretty good backyard there for a basketball hoop, mate. We'll we'll get down to Christchurch <laughs> and put one in for you. Eh? 
<laughs> I just got no yeah, knees and ankles, it, bro. No, hella big bum. So <laughs> no, no good. No hops. <laughs> uh, legend. Thanks, thanks Tom. Tom Abercrombie and Court Kings. Take your love of the game to the next level at home, school, or community courts. Courtkings.co.nz is 10 to 9. Here on Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Coming up next, it is our temper sleep on it with the Doyen, the voice of sport for all of New Zealand and Smith.